Gurur Brahma, Gurur Vishnu, Gurur Evo Maheshwara, Guru Shakshat Parabrahma, Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha. I bow to my Guru as Brahma, as Vishnu, as Shiva. I bow to him in all forms, and I bow to him in your forms, because that one spirit is in him and in you. And as he once said to Dr. Lewis, God loves you just as, as much as he does me. He is our common father. And as I said last time, not your good, you are all God's children. This is how you should, how you should pray to the Divine Mother. Not your good, I am your child. You must release me. And when you pray, pray. Reveal thyself. Concentrate here. You can even make a song of it. Reveal thyself. 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 Make your thought constantly sort of rotating around that need for him, you will see that your life will be more fulfilled. Don't be like that friend of mine that uh, I mentioned a few weeks, a few nights ago, uh, going by my window in college. Problems, problems, don't think of your problems. Sure, I don't mean to be unrealistic, but I mean realize that there is something behind there. In fact, I've found in life that instead of having problem consciousness, be solution conscious. When people pose the difficulties that are facing you, think, what can I do about it? This is the answer. When Yogananda was uh, getting Mount Washington, uh, somebody said that you need to, he, well, he had to come up with, I think it was $45,000 by evening of a certain day. Somebody said it'll take you 20 years to find that kind of money. He answered, my Guruji answered, it'll take 20 years if you think 20 years, 20 months if you think 20 months, 3 months if you think 3 months. And he got it within 3 months. He had it on that day. It came just, his life was really dramatic. Just at the last moment, somebody came up with that check. Well, but you have to have that solution consciousness. If you don't, you'll be bowed down by the difficulty. So instead of problems, problems, think solutions, solutions. You'll be surprised. Often in um, attempting a task, if you will have solution consciousness and just go on as if you knew that it would come to you, suddenly it'll be there when you need it. There's really, there's a magnetism in thought. You don't, you don't actually create your own thoughts, you attract them. And when you have that solution conscious, from the ether itself, that answer comes. When you want a, an inspiration for anything, in fact, one of the readings I'll go into later on, where you know, somebody asks Guruji, is it possible to have inspiration under the control of one's own will? He said, yes, if you control it and don't let it control you. I know some people... Great composers have been dry for months. They don't have to be. The inspiration comes from solution consciousness. When you look for answers. And so, anyway, 
Today I wanted to read to you from Conversations with Yogananda. The master could, if he so chose, withdraw his mind completely from any pain his body suffered. Pain, of course, is problem consciousness. But if you don't have that consciousness, it doesn't have to touch you. One day, long before I came to him, he demonstrated this inner freedom. It was when the concrete so-called wishing well was being installed at Mount Washington. The well slipped from the grasp of the men lifting it and dropped onto the master's foot, which was crushed under the weight of a thousand pounds. His automatic reaction wrote itself eloquently on his face. Physical pain made him wince involuntarily. I will show you something, he said to those present. I will focus my attention on the point between the eyebrows. As he did so, instantly every trace of pain vanished from his face. He could walk back and forth easily. Now, he said, I will lower my mind from the spiritual eye. Instantly, his physical expression again displayed the body's automatic reaction to pain. Several times he repeated this demonstration. Years later, he told us regarding another pain his body was enduring. Last night, I wanted to feel pain as others do, so I brought my mind down to the body and held it there for a time. I, meaning me, realized then that just as it takes effort for most people to rise above body consciousness, so it takes a master an effort of will to bring his mind down to the body. He would say, tell yourselves constantly, I am not the body. I am not this form which changes and passes away. I am, in, I am, in, I am eternal bliss. Now that is the goal of our striving, yes. But don't think, well, he could do it, he was a master, I can't withdraw my energy from the senses, so what's the use? The more you live that way, you'll be surprised how things do go right. I have seen, you know, starting a community like Ananda, several communities, we have probably about a thousand people living in them. It's a marvelous laboratory, or as we say in America, laboratory. It's a place where people have a chance to practice these principles, and you see those who practice them more deeply that it's more effective. And those who don't practice them as well, it's less so. When you see that many people, they're not all equally dedicated. It couldn't be. They're not just rubber-stamped images of one another. But you'll see that the, the people I have seen over these 36 years, those people who came with the thought that, well, I'm doing something for me. I want to get my life together. I want to have my fulfillment. I want to do my this or my that. They never seem to be happy. It's always just sort of over the horizon, the happiness they want. Whereas those people, on the other hand, who just decide I'm going to be happy and I'm just going to do for God whatever he wants and I'm not going to worry, that then they find that it, it, uh, it, it works much better for them. They're always contented and somehow, even in practical ways, they always manage to meet their ends, whereas the others get more, more and more deep into debt. Problem consciousness attracts problems. Problem consciousness attracts defeat. People who think that they're being practical by 
looking at all the difficulties that they have to face before they can overcome them, don't realize that, as I said, your own thoughts are a magnet that draw to you the solutions that you want. You know, it's, it's so interesting to see the, uh, when you have to lead a community, um, many times you're, you're, you've got to make a lot of decisions and you can't make wrong decisions too frequently anyway. Obviously, you're going to make mistakes too. But uh, you can't make too many or everything would fall apart. So you've got to know something. I remember one time I'd given the Sunday service. Then I was having lunch and I had a number of interviews. And um, somebody came to me just in the middle of lunch when I was sort of relaxing finally and said, we need to know whether we can buy a press with somebody's phone from Texas to uh, say that they have found a press there to print our books. I need to know whether to buy it now or what to do. And uh, I said, look, I'm having lunch. For heaven's sake, let me rest. We can talk about it later. They said, well, they're on long distance on the phone call. They're, they're holding the line just for me. I have to have an answer right now. So I said, well, hmm. If that's the case, okay. So I just dropped everything, put my mind strongly on the situation, put my mind here. I knew the answer. If you're looking for the answer, you get an answer. If you're looking for obstacles to the answer, I first of all was thinking of the obstacle. I don't want to think about it. I've been, I'm tired. I've overdone. Let me rest a little while. Let me enjoy my meal. All those things. Those were, in a sense, problem consciousness as far as that problem went. I was, I was making a problem out of it and saying, I don't want to face it. But when I realized I had to come up with an answer, put my mind to it, and the answer was there. Well, I've seen that happen many times. I used to, when studying voice, sing some of the songs of a famous German composer, Hugo Wolf. He had periods of absolute dryness and, in fact, even insanity. His songs, when he was clear, were beautiful. But... Uh, I used to think, why did he have to go through that? I think that he was facing this huge challenge, and it was just, he thought it was too big for him. Needn't have been. Don't, don't, don't be afraid of life. Don't be afraid of facing answers. It, it does, it does, um, well, there was another woman who came to me many years ago. She told me that she had gone to a psychiatrist saying, I want to commit suicide. Well, <laughs> normally, after all, that's not the right thing to do. It's sin. This psychiatrist listened to her. She has, he asked her, well, why do, you, why do you want to do this? Well, he weighed her up correctly, thank God. And uh, anyway, after she told him why she wanted to commit suicide, he said, well, ordinarily, I'm against suicide. I don't think it's a good thing. But in your case, I think it's probably the only solution. She was furious with him. He, she wanted him to pat her on the head and console her and help her to see that there was some hope for it all. And that wasn't the answer she needed. She got so angry with him, she said, I'm going to show him. And she went out there and did something with her life and showed him, and he was very glad. But you see, sometimes you have to affirm strength. You can't just be mollycoddled into finding the happiness you want. This is why Yogananda gave us that lesson of the... the um, big concrete wishing well falling on his foot and causing intense pain and then bringing the energy here. Now, 
Could you bring the energy there? Maybe not. But you'd be surprised how much less that pain can be if you just say, I'm not going to feel pain. He told that story, which I read about that boy when they were children in India, who was a very tough little fellow. His mother was a kind of a, uh, she, she was a tough disciplinarian. One day he was up in a tree and he fell down from the tree and grabbed around his arms around the trunk and slid to the ground. And that way he saved his life, but his whole chest was in shreds bleeding. They were all looking at it in horror. He said, what are you looking at? Just cover it up with dust. Oh, my mother's going to beat me. Well, you see, he, he was not immune to pain. You know, a friend of mine was a doctor in South Africa, an Indian doctor, and I do. He had to deal with a lot of the natives who were of a more primitive level of civilization. And they would sometimes come into his clinic on Saturday night when they'd go out and get drunk and they'd come in all cut up in brawls in the bar room and so on. A woman he saw come in with her breast just hanging in her hand. And he was just aghast. And she said, oh, don't bother to give me anesthesia. I'll just shove it, throw it up, let it go. Well, that kind of toughness, mind you, those people were a lot more sensitively aware through their senses than you and I probably, certainly than I. Because living closer to nature, they have a much greater awareness through the senses of sights, sounds, smells. They're much more sensitive. And yet they could be uh, rise above that pain. It was willpower. You can do it. You don't have to. Yes, what Yogananda did and was showing us, you can bring the energy up <coughs> from the senses, concentrated here. <coughs> but you can do that. Even if you can't cut off the sense telephones, as he put it, you can put your mind here, and you can say, I will not feel this pain. There was a, a guru bhai of mine, a woman, who was having lots of trouble again and again. She had to go to the hospital for operation, and one time, under anesthesia, under ether, she was muttering, cut it all up, take it away, I don't care, let it go, piece by piece. But this kind of willpower that Richard entered even into her subconsciousness, this is something you can do. But if you're the kind of person who, who uh, well, just think of a warrior. I mentioned this a few days ago. On the battlefield with a sword and another warrior, and I'm talking of days when they use swords because it's easier to see it in hand-to-hand -hand battle in those days. And another person with his sword hits you. Are you going to say, oh, oh, you hit me? Heavens no, you'll say, well, I'm going to do something to you. You'll, later you'll pick up the pieces that you can. Later you'll worry about uh, how you feel, but you don't have time then. In battle, many soldiers have been really seriously wounded, didn't even know it until later, because they were so engrossed in winning and uh, somehow beating the other fellow so they could come out on top. That's what war is about. You might as well face it. But the courage, if you can put your mind here, and that's where willpower is, if you work with full willpower, don't let life get you down. Somebody asked me a question just the other day about some great misfortune he's facing, and his horoscope tells him that he's bound to face it, and he'll 
always be a failure when he's doing these things, and well, what can he do about it? Well, I want to tell that man to put out a little willpower. Don't let your horoscope get you down. Don't let your so-called destiny get you down. You can mold your destiny. You've made what your destiny is. You can remake it. Don't. Yes, of course, it's an influence in your life, but it does not dictate what your life shall be. My Gurudev, had he was in, in his horoscope. Well, you've got to be born sometimes. So I guess this was necessary for him to be born at this particular time. But in his horoscope, it said that he would be married three times, being twice a widower. Well, the first two times, he absolutely refused. The third time, he just said they tried to get him hooked before he could say no. The wedding feast had all been planned. The guests had all been invited. And the girl herself was a beautiful girl. But he said, I know you're all just disappointed because there won't be a feast when I refuse. He said, don't be disappointed. I'll make it go up to you. And so his, he asked his cousin if he would marry her. And his cousin was very happy to get a beautiful wife. But the thing is, you don't have to abide by your so-called destiny. Make your own. Be strong in yourself. Whatever pain you go through, let it be. It just doesn't matter. I'm not talking pipe dreams. I know what I'm talking about. Whether the pain be emotional, physical, spiritual, you can have joy in yourself. Just remember that you, in yourself, have nothing to do with the world around you. Nothing to do with what happens to you outwardly. You are an ever-perfect child of God. Let, lights, let God's light shine in you, and you will see that he will clear you of all sin and all obstacles and all suffering. Joy to you. Thy light within us shining has shone where freedom lies from earthly walls confining to soaring spirit skies How oft like sheep we've strayed apart now guided by thy ray in inner freedom of the heart our night has turned to day thy light within us shining has shone where freedom Yeah.